I'm Donnie Biles, and I'm a pressman at Paradigm Printing. Hi, how you doing? My name is Juan Martinez, and I'm a lead mechanic. I should have put this a little shorter. Good morning. My name's Tasha Martinez, and I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm Elisa Jameson, and I am a collector, so if you don't pay your bills, I give you a call. I'm Casey Osmus, and I'm a senior at Murray County High School. I'm Ken Milliken, and I'm retired. Hi, I'm Roberta Curtin, and I'm an office manager. I'm Kenneth Cox, I'm a carpet salesman, and my wife says I talk too much. <laughs> so from the stage, we can say, this is us from all walks of life, and we don't normally introduce everybody that's on the stage, but we did that this morning because I'm preaching from all walks of life, and I wanted you to get a little flavor today of just those who have been leading you in worship, that there's a variety up here from everyone who is in school, retired, salespeople, collections, different things, different walks of life. And to kind of take the uh, title of my sermon series that I began last week, This Is Us. If we were to kind of get everybody in the congregation to stand this morning, we would see that we are from all walks of life. We've come in to worship together, but we're from all walks of life. We all have different backgrounds. We have a diverse variety among us. And if you were to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, it would be no surprise because the Apostle Paul revealed to us that God put us together to worship him and to serve him just like he put the body together, the physical body. That the physical body has all different types of members that look different, that serve different functions, but God put it all together in a way that it would function properly. And God has put us all together so that we can function and fulfill his purpose and that he can use us for his glory and he did it all because that's the way that pleases him. So no matter what walk of life you're from this morning, I want you to know that God has a plan for you. And I want us to look this morning, if you would take your Bible or you can open up the church app to the sermons there. And we're going to look at Matthew chapter 10 verses 1 through 8 where Jesus called his 12 disciples or apostles. And we'll see that in just a moment that they are from all walks of life. And yet God used them to do some amazing things in other people's lives. So in Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 1, and I'm reading this particular scripture in the New King James translation. These verses 1 through 8 tell us who those 12 apostles or disciples are and how God was going to use them. And here's what it says in Matthew 10, verse 1. And when he, meaning Jesus, had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Now the names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And so you can see just in that little bit of flavor, even if you don't know a lot of their backgrounds, that we see a few people who are identified, tax collector, a zealot, and one who had betrayed Jesus. We see some variety there. Going to verse 5, it says, These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Lord, we thank you, God, for this uh, great variety of, of disciples, apostles, Lord, that you called to follow you and to learn from you and begin the New Testament church. And Lord, we pray, God, that as we look at the scriptures today and as we learn a little bit about you, Lord, and about those apostles that were following you, Lord, may we see that this is us. We come from a variety of backgrounds and diversities of life. But yet, in the midst of all that, Lord, you chose to call us and to use us for your glory. And God, we pray you do that this morning. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. You know, as I was uh, studying these scriptures and about these different apostles, and even though I know a good bit about those apostles, I just went back and kind of refreshed my mind about these 12 apostles to learn a little bit about the variety of them. And as I did that, uh, I was reminded that even occupational-wise, there was a little bit of variety. There was Peter, Andrew, James, and John. They were fishermen. There were a few uh, of the 12 apostles that were considered to be tradesmen, that they dealt in some particular types of trading. There was Matthew, who was a tax collector, and we know that tax collectors were hated by the Jews. There's uh, Simon, who's identified as a zealot. He came from this group of zealots that was a religious group but also fought against the government and was known to take some pretty dramatic actions sometimes and uh, dramatic actions that were sometimes violent. And then we know the last one named who was Judas who was considered by many to be a thief not just because of what we saw about him betraying Jesus but some things that were considered historically about maybe his background. And so as we look at these 12 disciples or 12 apostles, I want to bring out three things that I believe that God wants us to learn this morning about this is us and coming from all walks of life. Here's the first thing I think God wants us to learn, and that is God sees us with all kinds of imperfections. When God looks at us, He's the one that created mankind and put life into us. But when God looks at us today, he sees us with all kinds of imperfections. When uh, Jesus was calling the disciples, reminding you a few of them, there was Peter. We know that from the scriptures, even if we didn't know anything other than what we have recorded about his actions, Peter was a very outspoken person. He spoke his mind. He spoke quickly. And because he was a very outspoken person and he spoke very quickly, sometimes he bit off more than he can chew. Know any people like that? He sometimes said things that he didn't fully follow through because he had spoke so quickly. So Peter was known to be an outspoken one. And then we have James and John who were brothers. They're identified as the sons of Zebedee, but they're also called by Jesus as the sons of thunder. And they were called that because they had a little bit of what I'd call flashy tempers. They were quick to react in anger at times. And so there was a variety of these different disciples who had different personality traits. And some of them were not the most perfect personality traits. They had imperfections in their personalities. And yet as we see this, God led Jesus to call these 12 I mean, he could have called anybody. Matter of fact, if we were asked, who do you think Jesus was going to pick if we didn't know? We would probably think, okay, he's probably going to go down to the temple and he's going to pick out, uh, you know, the high priest and some other folks to follow him. But Jesus chose these men, Peter, 
A fisherman who was outspoken, James and John, fishermen who were those who had flashy tempers. On and on we could go through the other 12 disciples and it would be interesting. Matter of fact, as I was studying what little we know and what uh, we see in the scriptures by their actions and stuff, I thought, man, I'd like to know a little bit more about these personalities because they had imperfect personalities just like you and I. And if God used these key leaders to follow Jesus and to learn from him and to use them in spite of all their imperfections, guess what? I'm sure God can use us in spite of all our imperfections. You see, I don't want anybody to come up and uh, admit it, but I'm guessing there's probably some outspoken people in this congregation today. I can imagine there's a few folks who have some flashy tempers that can lose their tempers pretty quickly. We probably got some people that are kind of sloppy and they don't like to clean up messes or pick up behind themselves. We probably see some people in this service today, and I, I'm seeing a lot of smiles. <laughs> Charles Moten, a uh, pastor that uh, used to be here and then retired, was part of our congregation. He used to tell me, he said, now, when everybody gets quiet, you've struck oil. But sometimes you can just see from smiles on peaceable faces that you've struck oil. I say that to say that we have all got imperfections in our life. No matter how good we are at pointing out other people's, we ourselves pointing back at me. We all have imperfections, but in the midst of those imperfections, we may think, you know, well, I don't know if God can use me or if God has a purpose for me, but we're from all walks of life. We have all types of imperfections, and yet God has a plan to use each one of us. The other lesson I learned besides God seeing all kinds of imperfections in these disciples, which he sees in us today, but also I see that God sees us with all kinds of baggage. Brought a little baggage with me today. Just to remind us that we've all got baggage in our life. I thought about packing this with some of the variety of baggage, but deciding might be too many mixtures of kids in here and might not should do that. Baggage of things from our past before we came to know Christ. And you like, well, surely these disciples, they didn't have baggage when Jesus called them. But yet you look at this, and we mentioned about Matthew, who was a tax collector, and we already identified that the tax collectors were hated by Jews. So from the scriptures I just read, Jesus said, I want you to go to the lost sheep of Israel, which means I want to send you first out to the Jewish people, my chosen people, and give them the message of salvation. And he sends out Matthew. Can you imagine that? That's kind of like you know, taking someone that nobody likes and go tell them the good news, and they don't want to hear it. But God chose Matthew, a tax collector, and he sent him out. And then there's, there's Simon, who was changed to Peter, but there's also a Simon that's identified as Simon the Zealot. And he came from that very aggressive group that was kind of a religious but fight against government type thing. And because of the mixture of their personalities and how they were, they were known by many of uh, people to, uh, to do things that uh, were violent. And so he had some baggage in his life. We don't know what all Simon may have done, but in that group, historically, they have identified that sometimes they would even take people's lives to accomplish what they felt like was the good task. 
So Simon may have had some baggage in his life of some things that he had done violently and aggressively. We know Judas sure did have some baggage, didn't he? Baggage not only that we know of betraying Jesus, but before that, historically, they feel like some things that they have kind of traced back to him, that he probably had that thievery in his background. And so there was some baggage that came along with these disciples, and yet Jesus called them in spite of their baggage. We got baggage in our life. Baggage kind of represents things that we have done or been a part of in the past, but a lot of times we wish nobody knew that. And so we sometimes feel like that that baggage hinders us from God being able to use us or God being able to change our lives or God being able to change where we are right now. Matter of fact, if we could kind of unpack baggage today of of the backgrounds of people in our congregation just sitting in this service today, including the preacher, we find all kinds of baggage of things of maybe baggage where we'd find out, man, I, I didn't know that, that they had committed adultery. I would have never thought that of them. You mean they used to take drugs? <laughs> that just don't seem like that matches their personality. They used to be an alcoholic? You're kidding me. Oh, and... A female thief? She has stolen from even churches? And if we were to begin to kind of just bring out everybody's baggage, the things that they've done of adultery, drug abuse, fornication, alcoholism, we could probably just go on and on of hitting different things that are in the baggage of the background of our lives, things that we have done. And we can sometimes feel like, man, that baggage just kind of haunts me. I don't know if God can use me. I don't know if God can really take me and change my life, put it on a different path. And yet I look at these disciples and Jesus called a tax collector that the Jews hated. He called a zealot that had done violence He called someone who had a thievery in his background. He saw all that before he called them. This wasn't like Jesus said, hey, you you got a great smile. I think you'd be dynamic in presenting the gospel. Hey, won't you come follow me? It wasn't like Jesus just saw the outside personalities when he first met them and thought, man. It wasn't like Jesus saw Peter and Andrew and thought, look at them guys. They are so aggressive at getting out there and catching fish. I believe they could really bring people into the kingdom. When Jesus saw every one of those 12 apostles, 12 disciples, he not only saw where they were right then, but he saw everything about their past, and yet he called them to be world changers, to set the path for Christianity as we know it today. And so if God can call these men and do amazing things in spite of their past, I can tell you this morning, he can do that in your life too. No matter what your past is. And sometimes there are people that may be in a church service and maybe they haven't been in church in a long time or maybe it's the first time they've ever been in church and they're thinking, man, I don't know if God can change anything about my life. You don't understand, preacher. I've had a really messed up past. Yeah, just look around. There's a lot of people in this service that's got messed up past, including mine. 
And yet God takes our baggage and turns it into something beautiful and does something amazing. So two things that I learned from these 12 disciples, and that is God sees us with all the imperfections that we've got, and yet he still calls us to use us for his glory. God sees us with all kinds of baggage from our past, and yet he still calls us to use us for his glory. But here's the last thing I want you to see that I've learned from these 12 apostles, and that is God sees us with all kinds of potential. You see, when Jesus called those 12 apostles, he knew everything about their imperfections, he knew everything about their baggage, but he also could see to the future of what potential there was in them. When Jesus called Peter and saw that he was a person who kind of shot off his mouth too quickly and bit off more than he chewed, Jesus saw this, you know what, here's a guy that I can take that personality and I can make him into a good, strong leader who won't be bashful or backward or won't water things down, but he'll nail it. And so right after Jesus had been crucified and buried into the grave, and then they had celebrated, the disciples had learned that he had resurrected from the grave, there was Peter that if we just looked at the message he preached after that occurred, We'd say, that was probably about a 10-minute message. And I know some of y'all are thinking, hey, preacher, you should try that out. Peter preached about a 10-minute message. And 3,000 people came to know Christ as their personal Savior. 10 minutes. Now, we don't know exactly how long it is, but just from looking at what was said in the Scriptures, man, I can do that in 10 minutes easy. And yet thousands came to know Christ. God, Jesus saw a lot of potential in Peter. He looked at Matthew, and the tax collectors were hated by the Jews because the Jews, the way they collected taxes is that the ruler would say, here's what I need collected, and anything you can collect above that, you can keep. So tax collectors would up how much the taxes were owed by the people so they could get wealthy, and people knew that. And so they hated tax collectors. And yet Jesus looked at Matthew and said, you're a cheat, you're taking advantage of other people, but you're a guy that's got courage. If you've got enough guts to take what is owed by somebody and up it by two or three times so that you can get some wealth for yourself, you've got enough guts to stand in front of other people and tell them about my love and the message of salvation. You see, every imperfection, God can see something potential in that to use for his glory. And I'll, I'll get, let you in on this. If you listen, say amen. For every personality trait, there are good and bad aspects. It's just how we use them. If you're a loud mouth, you can shoot your mouth off sometimes and get, yourself, get people stirred up. But you also can lead people if you'll use it the right way. If you've got courage enough to take advantage of people, then you might have courage enough that when everybody wants to go a different direction, you can get them going in the right direction. For every personality trait, there's a good and bad side. It just depends on how you want to use it. And God looked at all these 12 disciples, and he said, there are some guys with some potential. Just look at James and John, the sons of thunder. I mean, these guys, boom. They can flash at the moment. There are some guys that when I need something to happen quickly, I'm calling on James and John because they'll be, let's do it. Let's get her done now. They're get her done guys. You see, for every personality trait, 
No matter what imperfections you may have, God can take that and make something good out of it. You and I look at these disciples. We say, there's a big mouth, a guy with a bad temper, a thief, a cheat. But God looked at them and said, you know what? There are some guys who can change the world. And it doesn't matter what your imperfections is. It doesn't matter what your baggage is from the past. No matter what things you may struggle in your life, God sees potential in you, and he wants to use it. You see, in this series that I'm preaching on, This Is Us, I want us to not only find out a little bit about people's lives and their family and what, how that relates to the gospel, but I want us to also see that we're from a lot of messed up backgrounds, and yet God's got great plans for us. If you're in a, your Bible app or you've got your Bible and you want to turn to Colossians 3, verses 1 through 17, I want to give you something that the Apostle Paul spoke that I think is a great reminder about how we used to be, but how God wants us to be. Listen to this. Here's what the, here's what the Apostle Paul said to the church of Colossae. He said, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. So he's challenging them, let's get your mind set on better things in life. He said in verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died. And when he says you died, he's talking about when they accepted Christ, all the old past died. They started a new life. So he said, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. To that, all God's people said, amen. And then he said, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. When he says put to death, he's talking about the things of your past that are not of God. Let's, let's put those things to death. Let's put an end to those things. And, you know, even in church, there are people who have made decisions, prayed prayers to receive Christ, and yet the past tries to come back into your life, doesn't it? tries to keep seeping in there. And so this is probably an appeal by, by the Apostle Paul to those who were in the church to say, Let, let's, do, let's just put to death some of those things of the past. And here's what he names. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. And listen to what he says right here. You used to walk in these. That's how I know that he's talking to the Christians who have allowed some of these things to kind of creep back in their life. Matter of fact, there's probably in this service today, there's some people that have already prayed to receive Christ. You've had some things of imperfections and baggage in your life, and some of it has already begun to creep into you. And sometimes it's like the song by Casting Crowns. It's a slow fade. It slowly creeps into your life. And then the next thing you know, it's got you. All these things that Paul mentioned. And he mentions in this verse 7, he says, You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew or circumcised or uncircumcised, no barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, and guess what? Each one of you in here today, you are God's chosen people. Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. 
bear with each other and forgive one another, even forgive each other if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. (sighs) Here we go. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Man, everybody should say amen to that. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace. And be thankful. And let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Why did I read that at the end? makes no difference whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. We've all got imperfections and baggage. And the Apostle Paul in Colossians here was saying, hey, I know about all of your baggage and the things that you used to do and the things that were a part of your life from sexual immorality to greed and everything in between and all around it. He said, I know about all those things. And you've been called to come out of that. When God called you, he knew about that. And he didn't say, get it all. Listen, he didn't say, get that all straightened out and then come see me. He didn't say, take two aspirins and call me in the morning. He said, come to me as you are. I see those imperfections. I know about your baggage. Come to me as you are. Well, you don't understand. I'm supposed to already be a Christian. That's, I know. God knows that. But come just as you are, and let's put to death all those things because that's how you used to be, but that's not how he wants you to be anymore. And let God use you, and so the peace of Christ can come and rule in your hearts, and you can give God your very best. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. From all walks of life, we have come from all walks of life with a lot of imperfections, a lot of baggage from our lives and from our past. And God knew that when he called us. God knows that stuff tries to creep up in your life. But just like Paul said to the church of Colossae, let's put it to death. Let's get peace in our hearts and let's just serve God with all our heart. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, maybe you've got a lot of imperfections and a lot of baggage in your life, but I want to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer to give your heart and life to the Lord right where you're sitting at this morning. You can pray this prayer. Dear Lord, I know I've made a lot of mistakes. I got some baggage, got some imperfections. But today I feel your spirit speaking to me. So I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to cleanse my heart. And I accept you as my Savior. Now if you prayed that prayer with me and you accepted Christ as your Savior, you made the most important decision of your life. And the Bible tells us that we're supposed to be willing to confess Christ before others. And the first step of that is this morning, if you prayed that prayer with me and you really meant it, you accepted Christ as your Savior, I want to rejoice with you and pray for you. If you prayed that prayer with me, would you just slip up your hand for just a second to say, Pastor, I invited Christ in my life today. Thank you. Now, if you've not acknowledged Christ, we want to encourage you this morning to, in this invitation, come take my hand and say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer. We're not going to do anything to embarrass you, but we are going to rejoice over it. But some of you may already be Christians, and maybe you still have had some of these things of the past creeping up in your life. Because we know we're from all walks of life. We, we struggle. 
with those things of our past that try to creep in. The church of Colossae had that problem. But the Lord is saying today's the day to put it to death and live in peace and serve God with all your heart. If that's a need in your life, if some things have creeped up in your attitude and your actions, some things that you're doing or some things that you're thinking, then won't you put it to death this morning? I want to lead you in prayer. You can do that. Dear Lord, some of these things of my past have been creeping up in my life. Some things are creeping in my life that I didn't even know from my past. And as I speak to you, I'm ashamed of it. So, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Give me strength to overcome these things of my life that are not pleasing to you. And help me to find peace. Help me to find it today. And help me serve you with all my heart. If you prayed that prayer, in a moment we're going to give you an invitation just to either come and acknowledge to God, pour your heart out to him, or... Or maybe just right where you're at, just sing praises to him for what he's already done in your life this morning. But just make sure that when you say a prayer that you take action to give God glory and you make steps to get in the right direction. Lord, we thank you, God, for all that you've done and all that you're going to continue to do. And may you have your precious will in this invitation. In your name we pray. Amen.